Amen. Amen. Well, I want to introduce uh, Reverend Jeremy and Jocelyn Gall. Uh, They're coming to us from Ashtabula, Ohio, and they are amazing. They are evangelists, and they have the fivefold ministry of an evangelist, and signs and wonders do follow them. Signs and wonders, miracles do follow them, which is one of the marks of an evangelist. So we're excited to have them. The last time he was here, they were here was right when COVID kind of blew, oh, I got to say, I got to say a scripture verse. (laughs) If God is for me, then who can be against me? Amen. She's a whiz. What am I doing? Okay. So the last time he was here, that thing started to occur more and more, and we decided not to gather for a few weeks. I think maybe six weeks we didn't gather, and then we're back together. But we are so excited to have him back. Amen. So why don't you guys give a warm welcome to Reverend Jeremy Gall. Amen. Glory to God. Turn to somebody and say, I'm leaving different. Say, I'm leaving better. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're not here to clock time. We want to be transformed. Amen. We want to be radically changed here. Have God speak to us. Leave different. Praise God. No point in leaving the same. Jesus is here. How many believe it? Holy Spirit is here. The Word is here. No point in staying the same. Amen. Might as well leave changed. Praise God. So, uh, yeah, last time I was here with you guys, it was right before the whole world shut down for a while, and uh, it's good to be back. Amen. <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, I know it feel, it's, it, this whole flight has been the end times, but doesn't it feel like the captain just got on and said we've begun our final approach, you know? <laughs> like, like uh, we're about 25 minutes outside of eternity, and, uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> put on your seatbelts, you know? <laughs> Amen. But uh, it feels like that. But thank God the word of God is still true, isn't it? God's promises are still true. You know, no matter what happens in the days right now or the days to come, the Bible is always going to say the exact same thing as it's always said. God's promises are still the same, amen? And you can stand on the word no matter how bad the storm is and no matter how bad the weather is, no matter what's going on, no matter what tests and trials we face, The promises of God are the same, and God still watches over his word to perform it, no matter what. Amen. And, you know, it doesn't operate on a scale of, like, how bad things are. It's like how much you could expect God to come through. Are you following me? Like, you know, yeah, well, he really could have blessed you and protected you a year ago, but now, you know, he could probably do about 75%. No, it's always 100%, man. It's always yes and amen. You can always stand on God's word 100% and expect him to do 100% of what he's promised you. Amen. Praise God. I'm happy preaching myself happy here. But uh, yeah, so honored. Man, we love you guys. And you guys support us and have helped us. And thank God we saw it through this. Since we were with you last, we saw a lot of things happen online, like a lot of ministries did, you know. But all our contacts in Russia, we've spent a lot of time in Russia and they didn't do anything online before that thing happened. And uh, they, they didn't do anything online. And, uh, but, you know, this put them to do things online. Jocelyn, my wife, you could wave. My wife Jocelyn's here with me. She did a women's conference online in Russia. 100 households washed, and I did, I did a minister's conference. Uh, we started mentoring a pastor in India, and so, uh, you know, it just opened up a lot of new things, and God used it. You know, God, there's things that happen that God didn't cause, but he could use. Amen. He could still get good out of it, you know. It doesn't mean he's the source of it. It doesn't mean it was some mysterious plan that he used to work things out. It just means it happened, and he still is God, and he still moved in spite of it. Amen. 
man, my heart is full for you guys this morning. I'm, I'm so excited to be here, excited about what God's doing in this place, excited about what he's going to do this morning. Uh, for anybody who's first time, my name is Jeremy Gall, and I'm an evangelist. I've been an evangelist since 2000, well, traveling full-time since 2003, but um, I really have been an evangelist since I, before I was born, <laughs> you know, the Bible says that he call that he calls he has a plan for us he calls us from our mother's womb even that God's plan starts before we were even born somebody say amen and uh you know I'm from the Cleveland area originally I live in Ashtabula now but my I was growing up I was at my grandmother's house she's gone to be home with the Lord but I was at my grandmother's house uh when I was about five years old or so she lived on the east side of Cleveland in a Hungarian neighborhood where I'm 50 percent Hungarian and and uh, she lived on, anybody familiar with the Cleveland area, the Buckeye Road neighborhood was all Hungarians in, in the bidet. And she uh, asked me one night before I went to bed, she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she gave me a couple of the classic choices, doctor, lawyer, you know, fireman, policeman, a little bit of blue collar, white collar choices, you know. And uh, I answered, I said, I want to be an evangelist. I never said that before. I didn't walk around saying that it must have come up out of my spirit. That's the only way I could explain it. I said, I want to be an evangelist, four or five years old. My grandmother was Roman Catholic, and she thought I said Los Angeles. And she, she said, you can't be a city. What are you talking about, you know? And I began to explain with, I began to explain to her, no, you know, a preacher, I guess as best as a four or five-year-old could. And she said, oh, my God. She said, you mean like those guys, this is the 80s. Oh, my God, you mean like those guys on television? She said, you don't want to do that. She tried to talk me out of it. But here I am, uh, 26 states and five countries later, you know, 45 years old. And praise God, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it. Praise, praise God, plan to do it a lot longer until, until Jesus comes back. But thank God that's what I do. You know, that's my place in the body of Christ. Never never had a, a desire to do anything else. You know, went to Bible school, believed that's what God called me to do. He's got a plan for all of us, though, doesn't he? Uh, you know, Acts chapter 8 talks about the evangelist. And the one named evangelist in the Bible, Acts chapter 8 and verse uh, 5, starting in verse 5, is Philip. And it said, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord <clears throat> heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were oppressed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Amen. Thank God. So that's, that's what I consider my job description. And <laughs> Amen. And uh, kind of the, it's all laid out right there. And there's a message that said Philip went to Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. And you know, I was saying that this morning about coming to Erie, that I'm Jeremy, Jeremy Gall, I'm going to Erie to preach Christ unto them. Amen. And it's still the same message that Philip preached, isn't it? It's still a lame walking, set free from demonic oppression, oppression saving message. Somebody say amen. amen. Has it changed? Is it the same in 2020 as it's always been? Hallelujah. Is there still hope for people in impossible situations? Is the arm of the Lord not short? Is the arm of the Lord shorter now than it was 2000? Can he still reach into the worst situation? Can he still reach into the most impossible situation? Can he still save? The Bible said that when Philip went to Samaria, there was great joy in that city. 
Yeah, does the message of Jesus Christ still bring great joy to cities and great joy to families and great joy to households? Yeah, it does. Thank God, of course. Because he went there and he told them of a Jesus for whom nothing is impossible. And he talked to people and people bound by the devil. Who probably, some of them have been bound that way for years and years. And they were set free. And he told people that were impossible physical situations. That couldn't walk and were lame that Jesus could help them. And they walked. Yeah, of course there was great joy in that city. Is that still the gospel that we preach today? Is that still the same Jesus that lives in your house? Is that, amen. <laughs> Is that the Jesus that you serve? Amen. How many here this morning glad this message came to you? Is there, is there great joy in anybody this morning? Are you glad that you heard? In Samaria, they were glad that they heard. They were glad that somebody told them. Is there anybody here today you're glad that somebody told you? Raise your hand. Amen. You know, it started in my family with my father. And uh, my dad, he was, uh, he was in Vietnam and uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord, too. And he was in Vietnam in, in early in the war. And he got there in 65, and, or actually 60, yeah, 65, 66. And then uh, he was back at Camp Lejeune after he got home from Vietnam. And a fellow Marine invited him to go to a Sunday night service at a Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist. Amen. A good fellow Marine invited him to go to a Sunday night service at a Baptist church. The pastor started to give an invitation at the end of the service like every good Baptist does. And uh, my father was not interested in coming forward, man. He was not interested in answering that altar call. He was just there, you know, clocking some time. But as the pastor gave the invitation, he felt an unseen force pulling him up out of the seat. I'm not talking about an emotional, you know, like God was really pulling on his heartstrings. He said he felt something physically pulling him up out of the seat. Are you with me this morning? He grabbed onto the edge of the seat. And held on. <laughs> he was fighting it, man. He was fighting it. And uh, the pastor continued to exhort and invite people to come down. My dad did not move. He did not come down. And eventually, that, that pulling subsided. But how many of you believe that God had his attention at that point, you know? He couldn't go to sleep, man. They go back to the barracks that night. It's after lights out. And my dad could not fall asleep. He's staring up in the air in the dark, you know. Finally, he gets out of the rack and he goes and he wakes up this other Marine and he says, listen, he told him what I told you. Tells him about this force that's pulling him up out of the seat. He says, I don't know what happened. He said, but next Sunday, I'm going with you back to that church. And when your pastor gives the invitation, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go this time. Well, this brother being the good Baptist he was, he said, you don't have to wait. Until next Sunday, amen. And they, man, I got to pull it together today. And they hit their knees, praise God. They hit their knees in that barracks. And my dad called on Jesus' name and he was gloriously saved. Hallelujah. And I'm here today because of that Baptist Marine. And I'm here today because somebody invited my dad to church. And I don't know how many hundreds of people all over the world and have been healed and saved because somebody invited my dad to a church service, Amen. And I'll tell you what, there's great joy in my family. I'm joyful this morning that he heard. I'm joyful that the message came to him. Amen. And he was saved. You know, the world makes fun of that, that word saved, that we say we're saved. But is there anybody here this morning that's been saved from anything? Shout amen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad, he was wounded in Vietnam, had ear trouble. They told him when he was, he turned 21 in Vietnam. They told him when he was 20 years old that he was going to lose his hearing. In his right ear because of a combat wound. And when he passed in his 70s, he was hearing out of that ear better than he did in his 20s. God healed him. Amen. 
He had post-traumatic stress syndrome, would have nightmares at night, wake up in cold sweat. God totally set him free. Amen. Saved, praise God. So many things, you know. Then my brother went to Iraq. I've told the stories here before. Did two deployments there. And God saved his life in combat, miraculously. God's glory was seen so much that their Muslim interpreter that was attached to him called on the name of Jesus and got born again, you know. He was born and raised in Iraq, born and raised in Babylon. And he saw God protect my brother in combat. He said, I've never seen anything like that. My brother said, I pray Psalm 91 every day. The Muslim said, I pray the Quran every day. He said, I've never seen anything like that. My brother led him to the Lord, and he called on Jesus' name and became a Christian. Amen. Amen. Yeah, saved, man. Praise God. Saved. Thank God. There was great joy in Samaria because they heard that Jesus came to save them. There's a lot of things going on in the world today that you're already saved from because of what Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Man, I just was thinking about that this morning. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I heard the message. How about you? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, my dad, you know, he, he lived his life. He, he uh, uh, picked up these books from a man that he never heard of. He felt prompted of the Holy Ghost. He walked into a bookstore in Cleveland, Ohio, and picked up these books called Faith Food by a man named Kenneth Hagan that he never heard of before. Amen. Never heard of him. And he started reading them. And he got healed, got set free, like I said, from his ear and the PTSD and then many other things through the years. And when he passed in 2018, I went down to his desk and, and, that, and that where he studied every night, as long as I could remember, since I was, you know, since I could remember. And he still had that original winter faith food. Oh, and the bookmark was there for January 11th, the day he went home to be with the Lord. You know, been reading it for 40 years. Amen. Left in peace, not sick. Passed on his couch, you know, just like was there, and then he was gone. I, we, the, the ambulance came. They took him to the emergency room. I asked the emergency room doctor what happened. He said, well, his heart stopped. It was instant and painless, he said. That instant and painless is pretty good, amen? That morning, he was, he was talking to my brother, and, my, and he was telling my brother about people that he had led to the Lord on their deathbeds, you know. And my dad wasn't in full-time ministry. He taught some classes at his church, and, and no doubt there was a call on his life, you know, to be a teacher, but... It wasn't like, you know, he was, he, but praise God, led people to the Lord, shared this good news with people. I'm talking about the good news this morning. Are you glad you've heard the good news? Thank God. The Bible says there was great joy in that city. Amen. If you ever find yourself out of joy, if, there, if you ever find yourself battling with depression or discouragement, man, you just got to get another dose of the good news. You're looking at the wrong thing. You've been believing the bad news and the, the bad news is a lie. Amen. Jesus said, I am the truth, I am the way, and I am the life. There's so much good news to be joyful about. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Everybody say, that's good news, brother. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news, neighbor. Listen. So the Bible says there was great joy in that city. Of course there was great joy in that city. Of course there was great joy in that city. People in impossible situations heard there was a way out. People that they thought there was no hope, they were bound. They heard, no, there's an answer. There's a way to be free. People that the world had given up on. People that the world had said, there's nothing that can be done about your situation. This man, Philip, came and said, no, there's still something that can be done. Jesus Christ died. He rose again from the dead. He's alive today. He's a miracle worker like he's always been, and he can help you, praise God. You know, I was thinking one time, so many, uh, just thinking about some stories 
You know, the Bible said that demons came out of people and they cried with a loud voice, you know. And that's an unseen force, but people are oppressed today. Have you ever seen, ever, you know, have you ever dealt with that yourself? The enemy, the thief goes about, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. He goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But thank God Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Uh, you know, I talked about my dad being set free from post-traumatic stress, and we've seen it in other services. One time I was ministering outside of Cleveland, and a, a man had been a, a physically physically beaten, assaulted, you know, by a, a group, attacked him on the street, and, and they beat him, and he was in the hospital for a while, and since then, he had PTSD, he didn't want to leave the house, like, you know, didn't want to go, you could understand, you know, that fear had gripped him, and, he, and because of the traumatic situation that he went through, it, it had changed his whole life from that point, point. And, and somebody, he was a Catholic man, and loved the Lord, and somebody invited him to the service, he'd never been to anything like, you know, like, like our brand, you know, <laughs> like Philip goes to Samaria and people, you know, and, and that kind of brand. So we, we, uh, we prayed for him in the service and something broke, man. He just hit his knees and he started to cry. And that wasn't what they do in, you ever been to Catholic church? You know, <laughs> that doesn't happen all the time. You know, it was a little more that I, I, my whole, one side of my whole family, I had a Catholic priest who was my uncle, you know, one side, he was, one side of my whole family was Roman Catholic. And that usually doesn't happen. Usually it's peace be with you and also with you, you know, genuflect, but people don't just fall on their knees and start weeping uncontrollably, usually in mass, you know. And so this guy, I just laid hands on him. And, he, and, and G, I prayed for him in the name of Jesus, not my name or the name of any church. And he just hit his knee. He just hit his knees. And he said, man, it feels like something just broke off of my life. Something just broke off of me. I feel so much peace. I feel just something came in, you know, and thank God. God helped him. Yeah, he had great joy because of Jesus. Amen. Because of Jesus. The Bible says that Philip preached Christ unto them. He didn't preach some denominational, you know, whatever. He preached Christ unto them. He preached that Jesus was the answer to whatever they were going through. I've good, got good news for you this morning. Jesus is the answer over whatever you're going through. I was preaching in Augusta, Georgia one time, and I just felt impressed to pray for people that were dealing with broken hearts because the Bible tells us that God and Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted, doesn't it? Thank God he could heal a broken bone. I've seen him do that. He could heal. Man, I prayed for a guy one time. He had just fallen on the ice that day. And he, his elbow was shattered. And he came in with a, 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 just a cloth sling. They hadn't even done anything to it yet. Elbow was shattered. It's swollen, you know. And they're waiting for the swelling to come down and whatnot. We prayed for him in the name of Jesus. Instantly, that swelling went down, and he had full range of movement, man. He just started moving that elbow. Thank God Jesus could heal a broken bone. Amen. We saw him do it here, you know. We saw him do it in this place. Praise God. I saw, there's Chris, there he is. And man, we saw a woman's broken arm healed here in this. She was sitting back here, here, here at ECF. Yeah, went, she went to the doctor. They canceled the surgery. The, 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 her ace bandage she had wrapped around her arm just fell loose, you know, because all the swelling went down instantly. Thank God. So Jesus could heal broken bones, but he could also heal broken hearts, can he? Can he? Amen. And I felt impressed this one night to pray for the brokenhearted. And this man came forward. I did not know he was there or what happened. But his nephew, the night before, had been killed in a car accident. And he was just overcome with grief, grief of course. Because it wasn't just his nephew. He had actually raised him. And he lived in his home. And the young man was 18. And he died in a car accident. And the man was overcome with grief. He didn't want to come to church. 
but he decided he was going to anyways, just didn't know where else to turn. I had no idea about any of this, but I prayed for him in the name of Jesus, and afterwards he came up and he testified, and he said, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. He said, of course, I still miss him, but that weight, that overwhelming grief was just lifted off. Hallelujah. Yeah, the Bible says there was great joy in that city. Philip went to Samaria, he preached Christ unto them. Amen. That's what I'm here to do today is preach Christ unto you. I don't care what you're facing. It's not too late for you. Amen. You're not in, too, you're not in an impossible situation. I was preaching one time in Greenville, North, uh, South Carolina. And um, it was a Friday night miracle service. I don't know what it is. I love a Friday night miracle service. I don't know what it is about it. I just always have. It's just, you know, I've done series of them and stuff. And just a good thing to do on Friday night is just believe God for the impossible. Amen. I was down in, in Greenville, South Carolina. And we had prayed for the sick and done a normal service. And at the end of the service, the pastor comes up. His name's Barry Barber. And he says, uh, listen, we've got a situation in the church. There's a young man, uh, got a woman, a young girl pregnant. She is scheduled to have an abortion tomorrow morning. And he is all, he is tore up about it. We need a miracle. We need God to intervene. This young man, it's not, it's not what he wants, but it's what she's insisted on. And it's what she wants. And, and he said, would you pray? And I said, well, yeah, let's just believe God for a miracle. Listen, there was no way I could fathom to see any natural way out of that. You know, I mean, how do you, it's, the, it's tomorrow morning. It's not like, you know, they're talking about it. The, the, the jury is out, you know, there's, a, there's no decisions been made. And there was no natural way how I saw it could happen. But that's exactly what a miracle is when you can't figure it out. Amen. When you, when you don't see any way for it to work. That's just miracle territory. Sometimes you just got to get comfortable there, you know. Just be comfortable walking on water. Just be comfortable when you can't figure it out, when you don't see how it's going to happen. Don't worry. You, listen, God's got a million ways to do what we can't figure out. Are you with me? So he says, man, this young man, he's, he, he's distraught over it. He's tore up understandably so. He didn't want that. He said, can we pray? He said, yeah, let's believe God for a miracle. So we all agreed in the church and, and prayed. I left Next morning, I left um, South Carolina, drove to Augusta, and I was preaching Sunday morning in Augusta, Georgia. I get up in the morning. I'm getting ready for the service. Early morning, I get a call from this pastor in South Carolina. He says, you got to hear this. He says, the next morning, the young man and the girl went to the abortion clinic. Apparently, it's a two-pill process. I did not know that before this time. She took the first pill. It did not work. Are you hearing me? (laughs) It didn't work. And she just all of a sudden just clicked. She just came to her senses and she says, what am I doing? What am I doing here? She says, I want to have this child. I want to raise this child with you. And she walked out, praise God. Amen. Yeah, somebody shout amen. Have you ever been in an impossible situation? Have you ever been in a situation where you say, I I don't know how it could happen? Listen, God's got a million ways to get you out of there. Amen. God's got, I don't see how it could happen. The doctors don't know anybody who's ever lived with this condition. Yeah, but Jesus, amen, every, he sent out his disciples and he said, whatever city you enter, heal the sick they're in. No matter what they got, no matter how many people have had it before, no matter how bad it is, no matter how long it's been that way, whatever city you enter, heal the sick they're in, praise God. Yeah, this young man, he was in an impossible situation naturally. He was distraught. And man, it, he, there was, this, this wasn't a change of heart where, you know, she just kind of changed her mind and said, no, I don't want to do it. Man, he, the pill didn't work. Amen. He's still God, isn't he? Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. 
preached Christ unto them. Thank God. And there was great joy in that city. Man, I know God's brought great joy to my house. Thank God. Amen. Yeah, there's been tests and trials. Yeah, there's attacks. Yeah, there's testing. But thank God, his promises are still the same. Amen. There's this song now Bethel has out. I've been listening. I probably have already listened to it a thousand times. Champion, I think it's called, talks about he's undefeated. He's our, he is my champion, you know. Praise God. Thank God. Amen. He is undefeated, isn't he? Amen. He still stands undefeated. And Philip went to Samaria, and that's what he preached to them. This undefeated Jesus, for whom nothing is impossible, and how much he loves them. And there was great joy in that city. So my, my, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, brother was in Iraq. I've told his story, so I only have one brother. That's him. And we were ministering in Virginia. He lives in Fredericksburg now. He works at Quantico. And, and he, uh, I was ministering in Verona, which is a little town about two hours from Fredericksburg. And I was ministering there. My brother came out. And at the time, my, my sister-in-law, my brother, they had two children, and they wanted a third. And they were believing God to have a third. But my sister-in-law had had a lot of difficulty with her ovaries and cysts and just a lot of problems and complications she'd had over the years. And she came forward in this service and asked us to pray about that because she had been all, you know, always like just a lot of complications with her ovaries. And we prayed for her and she testified after the service that she felt something different because she was in a lot of pain that morning and she, was in, she felt the pain subsided. And she said the way she described it, she said, I felt something move. And we rejoiced with her, and we said amen, you know, and well, God helped her. Because her immediate prayer request, even that morning, wasn't even for children. It was just because of the complications she was having with her ovaries and things, you know. So we prayed for her. Now, that was in the, that was in the fall. I guess it was um, a little while after that, my brother calls me one day, and she was on heavy birth control for the ovaries. I don't know, you know, all the medical reasons, but they had prescribed it to her to take for the problems she had with her ovaries. She was on very heavy birth control. And she, my brother calls, said Sammy was, ha- her, my, her name Sammy, Samantha. Sammy was having some complications. She went to the doctor. They did an ultrasound. There's, there's a, a, she had a, there was a child, but there's no heartbeat. She was never supposed to get pregnant on, you know, because she was on this birth control. He's like, what do I do? And I was like, man, I didn't have an instant answer for this. You know, I was like, I said, man, I don't know. You know, he's, they didn't think she, she's on birth control. They weren't expecting to get pregnant. Baby's already gone. You know, they said, no heartbeat. What do you do? I said, pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, let's just, right, amen. Pray in the Spirit, you know. It wasn't like she was pregnant and they knew it, nothing. I said, pray in the Holy Ghost. Scheduled her for a DNC. Scheduled her to have, you know, at that appointment when they found the child. Scheduled her a couple days, have the baby removed. Uh, she goes back for the DNC, and my brother calls me again, and he says, it's, there's a heartbeat. It's a weak heartbeat. They're not, they're not giving any home, uh, hope, you know, but it's a weak heartbeat, but it, it's, there's something happening. He says, what do, you, what do I do again? <laughs> you know, he said, I mean, hey, this is deep water, you know. I said, what, what do I do? I said, I, first, I gave the same answer. I thought, well, it worked the first time. Let's stick with that. Amen. Pray in the Holy Ghost, you know. And then I said, no, wait, wait. I said, it's different this time. There's life. I said, speak life to that child. Amen. (laughs) Command it to live, you know. I said, it's different this time. So we did. And uh, then she went back a third time. A lot of things happened. Actually, another thing happened that same visit for that DNC. A nurse walked into her room, a, a Middle Eastern man, and asked if he could pray with her. 
and, uh, and, he, and he prayed with her, and then he left, and then she goes to the, to the staff on the floor and describes him and was like, who is this guy? And they're like, you know, we don't, we don't even have anybody who works on this floor like that. So, you know, possibly angelic intervention in the whole, you know, in the whole situation. So then, you know, they found the heartbeat. Well, we just celebrated Jack's third birthday just last month in August. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healthy as can be, you know. I don't know, man, future apostle or something. That's some story, you know. <laughs> Amen. But yeah, but how do you even, what do you even call that? Born dead, you know. <laughs> Born, praise God. You know, as soon as they, the first thing they heard about him was that there was no heartbeat, you know. That was the first thing, the first thing she heard that you've got a child. First thing she hears about being pregnant is he was already dead. And then started from there, you know. But thank God, God raised him up. And hallelujah, there was great joy in that household. Amen. Yeah, that's what Jesus does. Doesn't that sound just like Jesus? Doesn't that sound like the Jesus of the Gospels? Doesn't that sound like the Jesus who, who, who raised Lazarus from the dead? Praise God. Yeah, and that's exactly who he is today. There was great joy in that city, it said. Great joy in Samaria. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, but I want you to know Jesus can still bring great joy to cities. Jesus can still bring great, great joy to households. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. Doesn't matter how much the devil could throw at the world. There is still a Savior for whom nothing is impossible, and the arm of the Lord is not short that he cannot save. It's just as easy for him today as it's ever been. Hallelujah. And you know, we, I've heard, I've said it myself during this season. We've say, we say, uh, oh, what we need is a move of God, you know. Yeah, we do need a move of God. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not. At least in this age that we live in, God really doesn't move by himself very often. Are you with me? And I believe the, you know, every move you think of it, on Mount Carmel, there was an Elijah. At the Red Sea, there was a Moses. In the book of Acts, there was all the apostles. There was Paul, and then there was the others, you know, the apostles of the Lamb, the other 12. At the Gate Beautiful, there was a Peter and a John. What about God's work in your life? Like I told the story of my family. In my family, there was a Baptist Marine who invited my father to church. That was a move of God. But you know what? There was a Marine involved as well. Amen. So we say, you know, we need a move of God. I believe the conversation in heaven is I just, I know, I know this is just my imagination, but I picture God walking around saying, we need a move of people. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody shout amen. He's looking at things going on and he's saying, we need a move of people, man. If, there, you know, if something's going to happen, I need some people to do some moving. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm glad the message came to me. I'm glad somebody told me. How about you? I'm glad, you know, I remember me personally. I was, I was in first grade, man. I, I, was, I was six years old, seven years old. But I remember it as clear as any memory from my childhood, more than any memory from my childhood. My first grade teacher, Mrs. Spencer. Man, she was a tough old Pentecostal woman. She would go and witness at the, at the county fair. And Brother Rich, she'd, read, she'd lead Hell's Angels to the Lord, you know. But I'm talking, I'm talking 1970s Hell's Angels, you know. <laughs> Amen. Like Ultimate, you know. So, and yeah, she'd lead them to the Lord. And in tears, they'd get born again. Well, she didn't just lead Hell's Angels to the Lord. She led her first grade class to the Lord, too. Praise God. And every Friday, she'd give an invitation. Every Friday. And she would, in, and she would invite us out. 
into the, you know, she'd say, who, who wants to go? And we had a big class, you know, over 30 kids. And, and she'd say, who wants to go? And I remember about seven of us the day I did. We said, yeah, and, and we'd go out in the hall and she'd pray with us and she'd lead us to the Lord. And I accepted Jesus. I remember it, you know. I, I, I know that that was the day. I, could rem- I remember that day. But, you know, it wasn't just me. There was my grandfather, my dad's dad, who was a mean man, meanest man I've ever known personally, just mean. I mean, as they say, mean as a snake, mean as the devil. He was blind and he was bitter. And, you know, my dad grew up in the projects in Cleveland and, you know, they didn't have a phone. They didn't have a car, nothing. And, and, you know, because of the, he was blind. And my grandmother took care of him and he was just bitter and he was mean. I I knew, you know, I I was raised in a Christian house, but I knew every swear word there was as soon as I could hear, you know, because he used them all, man, like, like a skilled artist, you know, (laughs) he used them all, but it didn't even make sense. Some of the stuff he would say, it was ridiculous. You know, he just. He'd just cuss everybody out. He'd cuss the kids out. He'd cuss his wife out, you know, and just mean. But he was over our house for Easter one Sunday, and uh, one Easter Sunday. And we invited Mrs. Spencer, my first grade teacher, over. And, and, and man, that was, that was a setup right there, you know. <laughs> Mrs. Spencer led him to the Lord. I could still see her, walked over to him, led him to the Lord, prayed with him, and he accepted Jesus. Amen. Right there, glory to God. I'm glad she did. He changed, man. I'm telling you, there was a difference. Yeah, just like that song we sang this morning, Jesus makes all the difference. Amen. I'm, I'm going to start. I'm beginning my approach now. So uh, we're, we're, we're approaching our destination. I could preach all day to you guys, man. I, got, I, got to, I feel like I'm still in the intro, you know. Uh, I got, <laughs> but is this helping anybody? But you know, I've said it myself during this season, man, we need a move of God. This country needs a move of God. But you know, if God moves, it's going to be through us. And what we need is a move of people. God's given everything, given us everything we need. He's come to live inside of us. And Philip went to Samaria. It doesn't say the Holy Ghost went to Samaria. That's not even mentioned. You know, that's just, you just understand when you hear the outcome that he was with Philip. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper. What does it mean when you've got a helper? It means that you're the initiator, doesn't it? If I say, hey, brother, come help me move this. I'm the initiator. Then he comes and helps. Isn't it interesting? The Bible didn't call us the helper. No, right? Amen. It it could have said it that way. It said that he's the helper. Hallelujah. There's some things that need to be done in the earth today. Bless God. We need a move of God, but God needs a move of people to get everything accomplished that he wants accomplished in the earth. He needs a move of people to get everything he wants done in Erie. He needs a move of people to get everything he wants done in your family. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will help, man. I've seen it. He'll get with it. He'll get behind you. He'll back it up. You act on the word. You obey the great commission. You do what God's put on your heart to do. You'll find the helpers right there with you. He'll back you up, man. Amen? But God needs somebody to move. And uh, there's something we've been doing, and I'm gonna, we're wrapping it up here. Uh, <clears throat> real quick. Are you still with me? This all right? I'm wrapping it up. Something I want to do real fast before we, I did this last week, and it's on my heart to do it again, and it seems like I'm just going to be doing this possibly every service for a while. Is uh, if you have a notebook or it, or the whatever you use to take notes or the the on your phone, you know, smartphone, your your note app, whatever. 
stone tablet, papyrus scroll, if you got something to write on, (laughs) whatever works. I want you to write down the names of seven people. And Lord, just guide these people this morning. Seven people that you know that need to know Jesus. Talking about having a move of God in the United States. Amen. Talking about being that move of God. Are you with me? Write down the name of seven people that you know that need Jesus. Family members, loved ones, maybe it's just mailman, guy at the counter, at giant eagle, whatever, you know, Wegmans. You know. Write down the names of seven people this morning that you know that need Jesus. If, if you're having a hard time with that, maybe somebody that you know that's fallen away from the Lord and they need to get back to the Lord. The Bible tells the story about a prodigal son that he went out and he messed up, but the father wanted him back. And the father welcomed him with open arms when he did come back. Write down the names of some people real quick. I've been doing this. I did this last Sunday. I did this a few weeks ago in a church in Painesville, Ohio. And we, I had everybody write down that we were doing a series there on this very subject I'm talking to you about this morning. And everybody in the church wrote down the names of seven people. One woman in the church wrote number two on her list was a friend of hers named Karen, who was in a 12-step program that this woman led. She left the service and went home, and she was on the phone with this Karen woman. And we prayed out, you know, we prayed for these people on the list. And Karen called her, this is just a few weeks ago. Karen called her and said, uh, you know, they were talking about some event that was coming up the next day. And Tammy said, do you want to go? And Karen said, yeah, I want to go. She said, but listen, when we go to that event tomorrow and we're together tomorrow, will you tell me how to be a Christian? (laughs) And she, just like that good Baptist, she said, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. Let's do it tonight. She prayed with her letter to the Lord. The next service I had at the church, Karen was there. And then she had her own list. And she wrote down the names of seven of her friends that she wanted to believe God to get born again and get saved. We've seen this so many times, you know. There was a man, Tom Tiller, down in Augusta, Georgia. Tom Tiller, was he wrote down the names of people, his family members. Two of them were his brothers that he had not spoken to in 20 years because he was a Christian. And during the course of this meeting, both of those brothers contacted him first time in 20 years. I mean, that's, you know, that's talk about contacting him first time in 20 years. They both got born again during the course of the meetings. He led them both to the Lord. Everybody else on his list, all seven people. Now, listen, there's nothing gimmicky or magic-y about, you know, writing down seven names. There's nothing like about writing down the names at all. It's about prayer and authority. And it's about focusing your prayer and focusing your authority. There's a lot of things, man, I could go on. This is more like a series than a Sunday morning service. So we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up. We're, like I said, we're getting closer now. I'm, I'm, we're approaching the, the tarmac, you know. Now, how many of you got, raise your hand if you got the names written down, you got some names written down, good. Well, we're gonna pray this morning. And we're going to agree, God, like I said, great joy came to us. A great joy, man, came to my family. All because some, some guy in the Marines just thought enough of my dad to invite him to a service, you know. And think, I mean, we're talking generations have been changed because of that. There's people out there today that we know that I believe that's the, they could have, they, destiny's waiting on them. God's blessings are waiting on them. All they need is somebody like Philip to just bring the message of Christ to them, and there will be great joy in their household and their life too. Amen? Praise God. So what we're going to do, you know, there's not even any target of like, you know, any timeline of when these people are going to get born again. No service that we're going to invite them to. Sometimes we do it that way. We've seen amazing things like that. But I just want to be part of, the, part of the answer and not part of the problem. And I want to start interceding for some people. I want you guys just to turn your attention to some of these people because God hears and answers your prayers. He's wanting somebody to invite him into those people's lives. Are you hearing me? 
you know, you've got authority and you've got ability here on this earth to invite through your prayer, through your authority to invite God into this situation so he could work and so he could draw them unto him so he could save them. The Bible says the reason that people do not believe is because the God little G of this world has blinded the mind of their understanding so they can't see the light of the gospel. Well, we could do some, we can do something about that. Matthew 28, Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go out and make disciples of every nation. So authority has something to do with making disciples, doesn't it? So that's a big part of this list. You write down the list, you use your authority, you take authority over the enemy, devil, take your hands off them. And it's amazing what could happen in somebody's life once you say, you know, devil, take your hands off them. Lord, give them eyes to see. Open their eyes so they could see. I could tell you dozens of stories about people that we've seen you know, meetings that we've seen, revivals that we've seen. One person comes in and gets born again. Then the, the, by the end of the meeting, the whole pew is filled with their family. You know, or some miracle happens and all, somebody's, all their Facebook friends are there the next couple nights because, you know, God made them walk and they couldn't walk before. Or whatever, you know, run and they couldn't run before. Praise God. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and then we'll close out. But I want you to keep this list going. Intercede for these people. Amen. Claim them for the kingdom. Take authority over the enemy concerning them. Believe God to draw them. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Pray in faith. Expect God to move in their life. Expect because we've prayed for them today that that their life will never be the same again. There's things happening because we're praying today. And we'll continue to pray. Amen. And let's believe, God, that some of these people are going to be here in the seats with you, man. Praise God. Living in the joy of their salvation. Going on with God's plan for their life. And if God opens up a door for you to invite them to a service or to share the word or something with them, then act on it. Take that chance. Amen. Let, let God use you. Are you ready? Father, we just thank you today for your... Lord, I thank you. Let's just thank him. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for sending somebody across our path. Thank you that we know the truth today. Thank you that we know, Father, that Jesus died. Thank you that we know that if we died tonight or a hundred years from now that we'd go to heaven and be with you. Thank you for the, that we've tasted and seen that you are good, Father. And Lord, thank you for that you've given us the ministry of reconciliation. And Father, these names that are written down, these people that are on, 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 on others' hearts this morning, Lord, we lift them up to you. We, we intercede for them this morning. Father, wherever they are and whatever they're doing, we just ask you to draw them. Draw them like you've never drawn them before. Father, draw them, cause everything in their life to point them to you. Send labors across their path, including us. Send labors across their path, including us, to share the gospel. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the devil and his lies and everything that he's tried to use to keep them from the kingdom, and we command it to be broken off of them now in Jesus' name. I see in the name of Jesus all the deception, all the lies, all the darkness. Go in Jesus' name. Go now in the name of Jesus. We claim them for the kingdom. Draw them unto you, Father. Draw them unto you, Lord. Draw them unto you with your irresistible power. We claim them for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You know, Linda Miller told me a story of how her dad was born again, and it was just like that. 
they were in a service and her and her mom were Christians already and he was not saved and he had a reputation for not being saved and they claimed him for the kingdom and they prayed for him in a service and God saved him miraculously, he, amen. And he just like was never the same, of course, you know, Jesus changed it. How many believe God's moving in those people's lives right now? Those people we prayed for right now today. Right now he's drawing them. Right now things are different. God hears and answers prayers. He is a saving God. If anything is his will, this is his will. And we believe he's doing it now. Now here's something you could do. We've done this years, years gone by. If you want, you could, uh, ju- you could just give us first names and you could message us those names on Facebook. You could just message us those seven names. Just give us first names and Jocelyn and I will agree with you. Jeremy Gall Ministries Facebook. We got a ministry Facebook page. We used to do, you know, legal pads and pass them around and, have, and photocopy them, give them to everybody. But there's easier ways now, you know. You could just, you could, if you want, you could just send them and we'll agree with you. We'll stand with you. We'll pray. We'll believe God. We'll believe God. We'll take authority with you. And bless God, we're going to see people come to the kingdom because of this. We're going to see people in these seats because we met here this morning. How many of you agree with me? Amen. Hallelujah. This is God's business, isn't it? This is what he does. And thank God he's a healing God too. If we had more time, we could make another list and people that we're believing God for to be healed. It's amazing. He said, you have not because you ask not. There are some things that aren't happening only because nobody's asking. Well, we asked some things this morning, didn't we? Amen. Stand to your feet if you're able. I'm going to pray for healing if anybody's here and you need it. Thank God Jesus is the healer. I shared some healing testimonies this morning. And he's here. He's the healer today, just like he's always been. Amen. And he's here to do it for you. Everybody say, it's for me. If it's more comfortable for you to sit, feel free to do so. Amen. But if you can, go ahead, stand up, and let's believe God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to take authority in Jesus' name. And, And whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're dealing with, no matter how long it's been that way, I want you to know that there is a name above every other name named. And my confidence in praying for the sick over the years, it's never been in me. It's in him. The, the Jesus of the Gospels, he's the same today. And my confidence is in him this morning. My confidence is in his love for you. My confidence is in his power that's greater than whatever you're facing. My confidence is in that precious name that, that is greater than any force on this earth. And we're praying in that name this morning. I'm going to take authority. I'm going to command sickness and disease to go. My God, authority is an amazing thing. I'm still learning about authority. How about you? You know, amen. <laughs> Just a couple weeks ago, I had a serious plumbing problem in the house. Our main drain was blocked. Had, had a plumber come out. He snaked it. He said, I hit something hard out in your yard. I think you might have a collapsed pipe. That's bad news, you know. And he says, I got to come back with a scope and a camera. That'll be 400 bucks, you know. And so I was like, all right, well, let's, you know, we took, we dragged our feet a little on that one, you know, I'm like, all right, great, you know. And I started to think, it's been like this for months now, okay, this is like two two plumbing visits, you know, been like that for months, and uh, getting worse. As you know, Jesus said we could speak to mountains, certainly we could speak to clogs, amen, (laughs) certainly we could speak to pipes. And, you know, my flesh was a little nervous, like, that sounds a little radical, you're getting out there and, you know. You're getting out there, and, and but I, I, I stepped out, man, like, stepped out like if it didn't happen, it would hurt a little bit. You with me, you know, I'm not just throwing out empty words, but like, all right, I'm going to commit to this thing, amen. 
And I said, no, I call these pipes clear. And I told Jocelyn, I just, you know, just kind of quiet. I said, I told Jocelyn, I just want you to know, I just called our pipes clear, you know, today. Okay, all right, you know, praise God. Yeah, I agree. Man, it was two days later. I heard this weird sound at night, gargling the pipes, you know, and just like all, it was somebody flushed the toilet, and I heard this weird, you know, gargle. And it didn't get better. It didn't, like, start to flow a little better. It was 100% clear, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. After months, after the plumber said you probably have a collapsed pipe and tried to snake it out, perfect. Amen. It's been several weeks now. Aren't you glad we've got authority? Amen. Well, you know, that's not the greatest crisis in the world, but amen, you know. But it matters. But if the name of Jesus is greater than a pipe clog, man, I'm telling you, how much more does he care about disease? How much more does he care about growths? If he, man, listen, hear this right here. This is from the Lord. If he could open up a pipe, he could open up arteries. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, that was, that was a word of knowledge right there. If he could, because I, I didn't, I'd never thought that before. And it just, if he could open up a pipe, he could open up arteries. Praise God. Amen, brother. Amen. All right, let's act on that. Amen. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak to sickness and disease of every kind. I speak to arteries. I command them to be clear. I command them to be open. I command them to flow perfectly on the authority of the name of Jesus. Man, thank you, Lord. We command joints to be whole. We command backs to be whole. I command eyes to see. I command ears to hear. I command mental bondages to be broken now in Jesus' name. Right now in the name of Jesus, sickness and disease of every kind, go. Be healed, be whole, be free now in the name of Jesus. Let's all thank God for it and do what you couldn't do before. Take a deep breath. Hallelujah. Move that back. Look with those eyes. Do what you couldn't do. Sit down and stand up. Act your faith in Jesus' name. If there was nothing physical you can do, then just thank him for it. Thank him that it's done in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Praise God. I won't ask for any testimonies, but who already says, yeah, something's different in my in my body, just by raising your hands, hold it up. If you say something changed in my body, yeah, I see a few. Yes, amen. Let's rejoice with these folks. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus is the healer. Maybe you need a test. Maybe you need a scan. You just walk out of this place and thank him. If you released your faith, thank him that he met your faith. Amen. We'll hear the story later. Amen. Glory to God. One last thing. And I know I've gone long. Thanks for sticking with me. I hope this helped you. Last thing, man. Philip went to Samaria. He preached Christ unto them. And they, great joy was in that city. Praise God. They had to accept what Jesus did for them. You have to receive that good message. Amen. You have to receive that message. If you say, man, I don't know, I'm, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I'd like to be. Would you pray with me? I want to pray with you this morning. If you say, I know I'm not a Christian, but I want to be. Would you pray with me? I want to pray with you. Or if you say here, I, you know, I'm not sure. I knew I was at one time, but I don't know where I stand with the Lord right now. You can be sure. And I want to pray with you. If that's you on any of those counts, you say, I want, I want to know Jesus. I want him in my heart. I want to be a Christian. I know I want, I want, I want to be part of his plan. I want, I want, what, I want to be part of his, his family. I want to pray with you today. We're all going to pray together. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you're watching online and it's, or whatever, you know, you're listening to the recording and it's not this morning, it's, it might be a year from now, I'm thinking about you. And we're all going to pray together. And if you'll reach out to God and call on his name, the Bible says he'll save you. He'll make you his child. Amen. And there can be great joy in your household. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, 
I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. I believe you're alive today. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. Take my life and make it everything you want it to be. I accept you, Jesus, and you accept me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. You're worthy. And we're going to keep agreeing with you for those people that you're believing God for. And send us their names if you want on Jeremy Gall Ministries Facebook. And we'll, we'll keep a list going and we'll pray. And we'll believe God. Amen. And he'll hear an answer. Thank you, brother. Praise Amen. God. All right. Okay. Uh, here's what we want to do. We haven't been doing an uh, offering, a collection. Uh, but we do have available on that back table. Uh, right by the door here, if you're walking straight in the door on that back table, there's offering envelopes. There's a bunch of them there. I just encourage you guys as you leave to grab an offering envelope. Write down if you want to bless Jeremy and Jocelyn, their ministry, Gall Ministry. Uh, just fill it in. Write in the other bucket if you want to, or special speaker. I think you have two different options on the offering uh, envelope. And then just stick it in that box. Right, Bob, you want to throw your hand up there? See that right to the left of the door there as you walk out? There's a door, uh, there's a box right there. You just slide it right in the top, and we want to bless Jeremy. So let's just pray over him, over their ministry, both of them and their family. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the Gauls, Lord. I thank you for their ministry. Father, I just pray a blessing over them, Father. Continued increase in winning souls for you, Father. Continue to see miracles and miraculous signs coming from their ministry, Lord. We just thank you for them. Father, we pray a blessing over them, over their children as well, over Eden and Cohen as well, Father. We just bless them. Father God, you continue to make a way and a path for them to share the message of the cross and for them to bring joy to the cities that they, that they visit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So remember that on the way back. Also tonight, youth from 6 to 8. Also the Luciano Life Group, I think we're calling it now, uh, at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. And I promise you I'd read out of Philippians 4 each time as we close as our benediction. So just listen to this with me as I read it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, finally, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen? Amen, amen. We'll we'll have some prayer teams up here to pray for you. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Don't forget, come back tonight and see you on Saturday at noon. From noon to two, we'll be here praying. Amen? God bless you and have a great day.